When a problem at school is kept secret too long, it can grow till a cub thinks that everything's wrong. Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and today is a lonely day. It's a quiet day. It's a day all by myself. That's right. I am hosting the show all by myself, talking about the Berenstain Bears' Trouble at School by Stan and Jan Berenstain from, is it 1987 or 1986? I don't know. The book says 1986, but everywhere listed says 1987. All the major lists... All the collector's lists say 1987. The book says 1986. I don't know what to believe anymore. The whole world is upside down. I can't trust anyone. Not being able to trust anyone is not why I am alone today. I mean, I have a lot of friends. I have tons of... I have anyone. I could pick up the phone right now and call people, and they would come running. They'd sit by me and hold my hand and tell me everything's going to be all right. That's how many friends I have. I have so many friends... That when I die, my funeral, there'll be so many people, they won't all fit in the church. That's how many friends I have. Nope, I have chosen to be alone. I am choosing isolation. I am choosing solitude today because this is a book that is very close to me, very personal to me, because it addresses a problem that I have had in the past, meaning as of a day ago. It's something that I work on and struggle with every single day, and that is the demon of not only procrastination, but procrastination on top of avoidance, on top of shame, on top of guilt, on top of more avoidance. It's called Brother Bear's Problem. It's called The Berenstain Bear's Trouble at School. Let's talk about it. We're going to discuss the book. We're going to discuss the PBS adaptation of the book. Which works better? Which do I prefer? Uh, The answer might surprise you. So, uh, your basic storyline is that brother and sister bear, being cubs, tend to get sick, as bear cubs do. So, brother is told to stay in bed, because he's got a cold, and not get out of that bed until his temperature goes down. Papa brings him a TV to watch, mama brings him some dinosaurs to play with, sister brings him some homework from school, and more homework from school, and more homework from school that brother just doesn't really want to get around to. And meanwhile, the class is learning, uh, they are learning division, and the soccer team is learning some new moves. In fact, such new moves that Cousin Freddy is getting put in Brother's place on the field in Brother's absence. And then the next day, Brother goes back to school and finds out that not only has Freddy replaced him on the team, but that there is a math quiz that day. Yep, that's right, Teacher Bob is giving them a math quiz, and Coach Bruin is benching Brother in lieu of Freddy's performance. So Brother is distracted, and he's so distracted, he totally stinks up the math quiz. And they they imply that Brother's good enough at math, he probably could have faked his way, but his mind is on other things, and he fails. Not only does he fail, he gets a nothing. He gets nothing on the quiz. It's so bad. So bad that the parents are supposed to sign it, But when he gets home, sister is sick, so the parents are paying attention to her, and brother doesn't show them the test. The next morning, he is depressed, he's sad, he doesn't know what to do, he doesn't want to show his parents the test, he doesn't want to get it signed. He hides when the bus comes by, throws a tantrum in the middle of the woods, screaming fooey, fooey on soccer, fooey on school, fooey on division. He throws away his test, panics, but what does he see? He sees a bog, and who lives in the bog? 
his grandparents, I guess. So he goes to his grandparents' house. They take pity on him. Gramps takes brother for a walk, shows him a wagon sunk in a muddy pond in the bog, tells brother that it was his wagon, and that he tried when he was a young man to drive it through the bog. He was so proud of himself that he refused to turn around before he knew it. He was in too deep. He couldn't ask for help, and the wagon got stuck. He never got it out of the bog. He lost the wagon. And Gramps says, you know, he learned a valuable lesson. If you find yourself on the wrong road, don't just keep going until you're in over your head. You've got to back up. Start over on the right road. And so Gramps says, well, let's start by taking this test, this quiz, this failure, failure sheet to your parents who are unhappy, but they don't yell and scream. Uh, they flatten out the test that a brother had crumpled up, sign it, and take brother back to school. And brother is, you know, embarrassed to go back to school, but he gets to take the test again, and he gets a very good grade on it. Cousin Fred isn't quite up to snuff on the team, and so brother gets to go back into his old position. Everything returns to the status quo, and that's kind of the way the book ends. We we don't find out how disappointed Cousin Fred is. I'm sure he's quite disappointed, but that's the Berenstain Bears and the trouble at school. Now, they made an episode of the PBS series in the, in the early 2000s based on this, and I wasn't expecting much. I had seen how they had kind of corrupted a bunch of the stories in the past, but they actually did a really good job adapting this book to the television series. Um, it be actually begins, uh, as they say, in media res, and you are already well into Brother's sickness. He's been sick for a while. Hi, Mama. Hello, dear. How was your day today? Great. How was Brother's? He's feeling a lot better. Tomorrow he should be back at school again. Teacher Bob sent home another worksheet for him to do. I'll get it for him, Mama. Thank you, sister. Baranosaurus Rex, the fiercest dinosaur that ever lived. <coughs> oh, hi, sister. Hi. Feeling better? Not bad. Thanks. What are you doing? Making Mount Mesozoic. <coughs> Mount Mesozoic? That's where Baranosaurus Rex and Triberatops square off for the ultimate Jurassic showdown. Here's another worksheet. Great, thanks. It's more active. Yeah, it's not as, as passive as the book is. So you get to really see Brother making a conscious choice not to do his homework. It cuts out the soccer subplot entirely. There's no Cousin Fred taking over Brother's position. Which I like, actually, because it means that Brother Bear failing the math quiz, it's actually a, a quiz in the book, a test in the TV show, and Brother fails the quiz not because he was distracted by Cousin Freddy's usurpation of his soccer position, but because Brother simply didn't study, and he gets a zero on it. In the book, it's very you you see that it's a zero obviously he got every question wrong but it just says very poor in the in the tv show it's definitely a zero and teacher bob is uh not happy like it's not just you need to get the sign but he's he's frustrated in brother's performance we see a, a brother in the cartoon that's actually more irresponsible than he is in the book and i actually 
I like seeing that. It's something I don't usually see in the cartoon. It uh, definitely rings true. They also throw in, so brother gets home and sister gets sick, just like he does in the book. Brother hides the note in his in his book bag, and then he has to sort of figure out how to keep his parents from looking in the book bag. But that night, they actually have a a uh, a nightmare sequence. Zero. Didn't you do the worksheets? You didn't even do the worksheet I brought home on Monday. Boy, are you behind. Zero. Please have your parents sign the test and bring it back in the morning. Zero! And I like the nightmare because it shows that this is something that's really eating at brother. And that's, and that's well, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, the rest of it kind of plays out as the book does. Uh, brother ditches school the next day, hides in the bushes, and has his little tantrum in the woods. He's very upset. Uh, it doesn't mention that his grandparents live by a bog, but he goes to visit them. They counsel him. They Gramps shows him the wagon sunk up to its you know halfway point in the mud, and then he takes him back home. Uh, the parents are a little more congenial than they seem to be in the book, but they take him back to school, and... Uh, that's that's pretty much it. He he ends up learning long division and doing okay and learns this lesson, learns that you've got to accept responsibility and ask for help when you need it. So that that's it. That's the Berenstain Bears trouble at school. It's it's a simple story and one that I really really like and I think Stan and Jan Berenstain handle very well. Uh so let's let's take a look a little a little closer at the book and see what it is what it is Phil really likes about it. Well, uh, we get to see irresponsible brother again, and I always like irresponsible brother. I like that as a character he is a little jerky. He's a hard worker and he's very smart, but he kind of lets life get the best of him sometimes. And uh, irresponsible like a kid can be. I like that it shows those flaws in Brother. I like that it shows his dedication to school and soccer, but also that he's willing to let it go uh, to make life a little bit more fun and easy for himself. Uh, I like his little tantrum in the woods. I like that it shows Brother as a little more hot-headed than we've seen him. He's ang- uh, He makes angry faces. So many angry faces in this. And I like that his grandparents help him out. It builds on the relationship that they develop with the the grandparents in the week of grandmas, which is these are people who are not only not just they're not just, you know, wise old people. They are loving family members and someone that the kids can actually turn to when they're confronted with something they don't want to bring to their parents. This is actually something we covered in the Berenstain Bears Learn About Strangers, which is that kids should have multiple adults they're comfortable bringing their problems to. And I love that Grizzly Gramps and Grizzly Gran are adults that Brother feels comfortable sharing personal things with. Uh, He will do this again. This is not the last time Brother will take problems like this to his grandparents. In fact, they are school-related again. I believe it's the homework hassle that he confides in his grandparents again. They're very understanding without being condescending. And I love Gramps's illustration. Now, when I did uh, The Berenstain Bears and the Bad Habit, uh, we, we talked about how Mother, Mama Bear, showed Sister an exa- like a real, like, 
tangible example of her problem, how getting in a rut was a real thing, like a, like a, like a physical thing, like a, you, you run a wheelbarrow back and forth enough in the same, in the same uh, direction, you're going you're gonna to dig a groove, and eventually it'll be hard to get that wheelbarrow out of the rut, like the literal rut. And I love that Gramps does the same thing in this book with the wagon. I love that he's like, I literally took the wrong path. I literally got in too deep. I literally risked getting in over my head and should have, you know, backed up before I before I went too far and taken a different road. Like it's this it's this physical, like three dimensional illustrated metaphor that works. That it doesn't seem contrived. That is is sort of a beautiful little example. And um, and I enjoy that the the parents are are disappointed, but they don't flip out. That this is a good illustration of why you should, well, let's, let me talk about this for a, for a second. Like, I had started off by saying this is a very personal story for me. I am Brother Bear. I am Brother Bear in this book to a frightening degree. I have a tendency to let life and responsibilities get away from me, uh, be it at home, be it in my personal life, be it at work. Uh, projects, responsibilities, homework, you know, things I've told family members I'll do, I tend to let them go. They tend to escape me. And rather than saying, "Uh oh, I forgot about this better, you know, back up and get it done. I try, I panic and I ditch school and I don't get on that bus. And I try to run away and say, phooey on that, crumple up my work and try to hide it. Uh, Brother Bear turns it into a paper airplane in the book, but I love how in the cartoon he crumbles it up and throws it into an old log and immediately regrets doing it. Um, I also tend to throw these mini, you know, as adults we don't quote-unquote have tantrums, but we do have tantrums. We have our grown-up versions of tantrums, and I'm just, I'm very guilty of that, of, of letting my emotions get away from me when I find myself having procrastinated way too far on something. There's a fine line between admitting you screwed up and asking for help. And most of the time, and I think where brother ended up having a problem in this book, and it's very realistic to me, is that he equated asking for help with being wrong. The embarrassment of having screwed up, the embarrassment of having gotten in so far, and, and Gramps talks about this. Y you feel this sense of shame when you've, when you've driven your wagon into the mud because you were too proud to turn around or too short-sighted to turn around. And before you know it, you're you are so far gone that asking for help is embarrassing. Most of the time, the people you ask for help won't see it that way. They'll simply see it as, I'm so glad you asked for help. Uh, you're someone I love and you're in trouble and we want to help. I know that when my kids, uh, particularly my older kid, has an issue like this, I don't feel like you stupid person. Like that's not like I don't there's no judgment there. It's oh, I understand. I understand. You you did this thing that most humans do. And Brother Bear has the same thing. He gets so, in so deep and so far behind. All he needs to do is say I got far behind. I procrastinated. I slacked off. I don't understand the assignment, but he won't say that because it's embarrassing. And he paints himself into this corner. And fortunately, Gramps is there to help. Watching the show and reading the book again tonight really drove that home. That this is a lesson 
here we come. Shung, here comes the point. Teaching children to ask for help is a vital part of teaching them to grow up. Teaching a child, it's okay to say, I don't know how to do something, or I promised more than I was able to do, or I bit off more than I can chew. Teaching a child to say, I did this, I, I, I made a mistake, I overestimated my own abilities, and then teaching them to say, could you please help, is so important. We want to teach kids to do things right. And we want to teach kids to do things right the first time because that's another important thing to learn how to do, to, to have this responsibility. But teaching a child to ask for help is also a major, major responsibility on the part of adults, on the part of parents, teachers, educators, uh, older siblings. I think we may have covered this in the past, but being a person who says help and who accepts offers of help is, is being a good community member, is being a good family member. Is, that's, a, that's an expression of love. That's an expression of trust to family, to, to community. It's not just offering help. It's being a person who will ask for it. Because when you're asked for help from someone, that feels good. That says, oh, this person, this person sees me as someone who is helpful and trustworthy. And that's, that's all part of love. That's all part of life and family. And I think that's really what the book is getting at. Uh, it's called, the, uh, you know, Berenstain Bears Trouble at School. But it's mostly the Berenstain Bears learn the value of, of asking for help. And I love that because we tend to teach help from the other side. You know, you should always get, lend a helping hand. We never teach you should always ask for a helping hand when you need it. But that's two sides of the same coin. Like they, they go, not to belabor the word hand, but they go hand in hand. I actually think, and here's where big revelation number two comes in, I actually think the cartoon might do a better job of this simply because it actually it dramatizes the, the, the situation a little bit better. And it doesn't give brother the cousin Freddy cop out. It doesn't let brother say I was distracted by losing my position on the team. By getting rid of that unnecessary secondary subplot uh, and just focusing entirely on brother's uh, own irresponsibility and then his own running from his irresponsibility and his learning to ask for help from his loved ones, we get a really clean story that has a nice, satisfying ending, uh, as opposed to the book that kind of muddies it a little bit uh, and, and and kind of trips up at the end by suddenly having to focus on the soccer game and brother getting his position back and not seeing the emotional fallout that might have for Freddie, who simply wasn't very good at the game. So yeah, I would say if you read the book, and I highly recommend reading the book, uh, also watch the show. It's on YouTube. Um, it's 12 minutes long. Uh, nicely done. And the writing is 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 very is very well done. A, a step up over the uh, Space Grizzlies episode. And that's not to say the book isn't great. Um, I really enjoy Trouble at School. I think it has a great lesson to teach. It's got some beautiful drawings of the bog. You, you find out that the grandparents live in a bog, which we didn't know before. Uh, the coach of the soccer team is Coach Bruin. I do not think it is Lizzie Bruin's dad. I just think that's a common last name, so let that go. So, the Berenstain Bears, Trouble at School. Do I recommend it? Yes. Is it a nice-looking book? Very nice. Is it a weird cover? It's strange. I don't... The cover's weird. Uh, but you get to see that owl lamp make a frightened face, which is always fun. 1986, 1987... Who knows? But uh, go for it. The Berenstain Bears, Trouble at School. Put it on your bookshelf. It's available. Buy it today. That There's my ad. There's my ad. Support the Berenstain 
empire. <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, and that'll be it. Uh, my name is Phil Gonzalez. Thank you for joining me for th- this week for Deep in Bear Country. Uh, I'll be back next week with more books and surprises, more fun and frolics. I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, you can find me on iTunes. You can find me at berenstainbearcast.wordpress.com. Follow me on Twitter at uh, bstainbearcast. And I will see you next week deep in bear two worksheets first. Worksheets instead of soccer? Are you feeling okay? (laughs) Oh yes, I'm feeling a lot better. The best I've felt in days.